0: So they told you that the Bible wasn't true. Well, uh, that is a bold faced lie, my friends. In fact, one of the things that I really want to get into are truths, things, ways that you can know that the Bible is what it says it is. And, uh, you can trust it the way that it's presented. So, um, we're going to dive right in. And today we're going to talk about noah's ark and the discoveries of ron wyatt here we go so uh we're back in the studio i just love my theme song i think it's really cool you know it rocks yeah what do you think nick Huh? It, it rocks. Yeah, you think it rocks? Yeah. This is the one and only Nick Nolfe, co host with me today in the studio. So excited to have you here, my friend. Yeah. Uh, it's I good really to be mean here. That. Yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And uh, I know you're like minded with myself, you know, a, a Bible believer. And, um, you know, it's, I guess, like, I wanted to embark on this particular topic because, uh, there's just i i feel like increasingly there's a lot of doubt and skepticism and uh, that's that's pretty well known i mean we've had uh i guess skepticism encroaching into even church sectors um you know beginning about maybe 150 or more years ago uh you see the advent of evolution and and not just as a uh i, I guess as a scientific um discipline or or theory, but as a worldview. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, like it, it, it is a worldview that uh, has, um, it has, it has connotations attached to it. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily think about, uh, think about that, think about the implications of evolution. Um, but, you know, this, I think other statements that you might hear if you've ever, um, studied something at a collegiate level about there not being evidence for certain bible stories um i it it can it can erode your faith and i and for a lot of people it has and in fact one of the jokes about seminary is that it should be called cemetery you know
1: (laughs) yeah i've heard that one before
0: so uh, i thought that was a good one that was my little joke for the day (laughs) just want to just want to get us laughing here nick you know Nothing, nothing like a little laughter, you know. Sometimes it's it's, it's good. It's the best medicine. It's good medicine. It is. It is. But uh, you know, there's there's just a lot of skepticism out there, and uh, I don't know if you've ever come across any of that before. Any ever had any run-ins with skepticism in inside or outside the church in regard to the Bible and the and Bible stories.
1: Yeah. So I think that um, I'm gonna, in some ways, play the student. Oh, okay. Because usually I'm, I'm a I'm a very boastful yeah. know-it-all. But um, so actually, you know, me coming from Catholicism, there's actually two different viewpoints. Okay, you know, so there's some people who take the claim that there are truths in some of the Genesis stories with creation, yeah, um, with uh, the ark, um, and then there are m- major dogmatic truths, theological truths in those, and then there are people who take the persuasion that it's not only are there truths in them yeah but they're just actually you know accurate yeah. so the yeah. you know what with the, with the flood um i myself uh i haven't done the investigating that you have i myself believe that there's you know i believe in the flood i i believe that the flood i believe it
0: I got my little magnifying glass out, and you know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think it's true. But I'm Inspector, actually Inspector Gadget. I'm actually very interested in your evidence that you've uh, yeah. come across from this. Because, well, thanks, man. Yeah. When you, when you start to throw stuff out the window, yeah. way too much. Like, right? You know, even with evolution, like, okay, well, when does the soul come into to play? Yeah, you know, and. and you basically you're teaching all these kids that like yeah you just came to be from by chance you know you're, you're no more special than a frog right so you know yeah why not choose yourself
0: i just <laughs> noticed your mug by the way you should uh, showcase this, that for all to see
1: oh uh, this is uh you know for those of you who are very <laughs> interested in in stepping up a, a notch on your the high class the catholic OC,
0: so nick has his own podcast uh actually streaming out of the studio so um and he touches on theological issues i've actually I've been on his show a couple of times and it's uh, yeah. soon to be launched but he does have several episodes recorded but um so we're looking forward to that and uh i think personally i think he's just making fun of my uh merch that's that's personally what i think
1: no see this though this is only for you have to be a monthly donor is it like of a million, million dollars a, a month you're a
0: monk or something like that or what, <laughs> what? <laughs> No a million living dollars, a, monk, a monk's lifestyle
1: yeah a, a million dollars a month um you know donation okay, okay, and you get this oh
0: cool, man cup, so, oh. or maybe it would be more enticing to encourage people to give so that you don't have to use a paper
1: cup yeah, <laughs> if you think this is bad, where do you see the cardboard box I live in? Oh <laughs> uh, oh my goodness,
0: yeah, he lives in a cardboard box at the end of my street, actually, so um
1: yeah. It's not a cardboard box. And your driveway. Yeah. The recycling people tried to pick me up a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we do that in Poland. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah. But uh, if you do want to support this ministry, Gospel Ministries, you can do that. You can go to PastorAJ.com. You can see how to do it. And you get a cool laser etched tumbler or water bottle. Of your choosing, uh, if you become a monthly supporter. Uh, so, and we uh, we do have those. We're thankful for those of you who do already contribute. There is a cost to this ministry, and um, it is a, a missions organization that actually gives to missionaries, uh, as well to as well as to distributing Bibles to new believers uh, and churches who do the same. Uh, in addition, we try to get the word out about how the Bible's true, and that's what this particular. Uh, series that we're in the middle of is, is discussing right now. So we've already looked at uh, evidence that Mount Sinai has been found and the parting of the Red Sea. Uh, I did a whole series or excuse me an episode on how evolution isn't true and how the world was covered in a global flood and uh, I, I actually am so passionate about it I put some billboards up in the community. So if you haven't seen those episodes yet you can check them out they're available everywhere that this show is streamed. But, um, you know, but that's my little way of sort of pushing into culture. And uh, I, I want people to know the stuff that we talk about. So I think it's cool that you're interested because yeah, um, I, am. I, I think, you know, you're obviously a, a learned person. I think you're a student, a student of the word. You're I'm a student, smart. Of, <laughs> you're a student of, uh, of, you know, church history and, and uh, probably history in general. But, um, you know, so I, I think it's cool and, and a lot of people, I, I think a lot of people uh, aren't aware of or haven't looked at some of these locations that I just quite frankly find fascinating. And I, I'll cover even other stuff that I haven't gone over here, um, at least in these first several episodes. I think this is episode five that we're doing now in this series, Get Real. But um, you know, I'm gonna look at a few other things as well, where, there, where there's evidence for actual Bible stories. Uh, today. I wanted to talk about the discoveries of Ron Wyatt. I don't know if you've ever heard of Ron before. He is the one who actually made the discovery of uh, the Mount Sinai that I've showcased, the, parting, uh, the location of the parting of the Red Sea back in the late 1970s, early 1980s. Um, he's for better or worse, just a little bit of a controversial figure because he's not a trained archeologist. He's an anesthetician. So, I mean, he's his own, I guess, doctor in his own right from the states he passed away in 1999 so he's no longer with us he's with the Lord he had a a strong passion for Jesus and uh, he just uh, had it on his heart for many of the reasons that I've just described to go find some of these locations and it all started with an article that he read in Time Magazine I think it was published in 1960 I believe on Noah's Ark and uh, the possible discovery of Noah's Ark Uh, that's where it all started for him. And then he went on after that to look for other biblical locations and found some very interesting things. So that's what I want to show you today. This kind of dovetails with the episode I did on how evolution is a lie because I talk uh, uh, quite a bit in there about how the world, it seems like there's a lot of evidence that the world was covered in a flood. Um, There's lots of dead things buried in the ground and there's layers of sedimentary rock making up the ground beneath our feet. So... Um, You know, that coupled with like there being soft tissue and dinosaur bones um, makes us think that this didn't happen over millions and millions of years, but it happened very suddenly and in the somewhat recent future comparative uh, to evolutionary and old age timelines. Nonetheless, uh, I thought it appropriate to start with Noah's Ark. So uh, rather than kind of launch into a discussion about Ron Wyatt and who he is, I will talk a little bit about that. I'm gonna show you a video uh, that was actually put together. And, and sometimes, Nick, I have a hard time so- sort of deciding what videos to play because if I'm trying to do something educational, I'm looking for a video that uh, has, it's, it has to be short because I'm showing it within a video, within my video, our video. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it's like just trying to find one that has like good information. So I felt like on this particular topic, it, it, this was the best one. There's, it, It's actually Ron Wyatt himself narrating the first four minutes of it and showing you this location of what very possibly could be Noah's Ark. You can feel free to um, research this on your own. There's a lot of other videos out there. You can just search YouTube and find lots of videos on this. Uh, his wife and his family put together a museum. It's a, the Ron Wyatt Museum where they actually uh show you a lot of the discoveries that he's had um i don't know if it's in tennessee or something like that it's in america i can't remember what state it's in um but uh and and then this particular video was, was is done with his narration but it was this was put together by a group called discovered sinai uh which is affiliated with andrew jones um who who is doing tours of these locations that uh i'm showing you here uh so um so just keep that in mind and I'm going to, I'm going to play this. We'll kind of get right into it and we'll discuss. Here we go.
2: And here we are at last gazing upon the so that of the great boat. That Noah sort of
0: boat shaped. Yeah. I see that object Jack. There is a uh, possibly nose uh,
2: portion that sticks out here. When the boat came down from above and caught upon those rocks right there that you see in the middle, that tore its way into the heart of the boat and it pulled the timbers out from under this part of the gunwale, And it, of course, fell out farther than the rest. But this has rib timbers and metal brackets and everything in it to show that it's still a part of the boat now you'll notice a whole way at the right top corner this is where a group that came out here in 1960 they blew holes in the boat with dynamite and then went away and said kind of crazy oh, actually
0: <laughs> you'd think they would have done an archaeological oh, dig <laughs> <except for Arthur laughs> <Randall Berger. laughs> Instead, they blew it up with dynamite.
2: ...experts who went away saying it is a boat. Wow. Now, this area right in front of you here is a site where the 1960 expedition blew a hole with dynamite. Did they uh, measure this? The this? It is
0: it's the exact dimensions of the arc. Wow. The new yeah. a
2: cast of a rib timber. Uh, these gentlemen expected to find a whole lot more out here than just this... Uh, very disappointing remains I think those storm. are some
0: of the shots of the actual through article from Time magazine the
2: boat under the railing and smashed it in an and as the boat decayed the railing and all of this dropped down over this but along these lines are the metal indicators of the remains of the rib timbers Again, there's way more than enough evidence to show that this is a boat. Now we're giving you a look at the front portion of the boat. For the you that have been on a boat,
1: this guy's struggling. Uh, Apparently, yeah, I
0: I don't know when he did this uh, Uh, little tour here, but he's excited. He was struggling.
2: Has gone by. This area of the boat that you're looking at right now has fallen it's gradually sinking and will slip out into the gully below while there's enough timbers in this gunwale to support that but the bottom is falling right out from under it <laughs> you'll notice these are two deck timbers that are sticking out And we got an iron bracket off of this, a right angled iron bracket. Now we're uncertain as to whether these are cast or petrified timbers, but they are at equal intervals and right opposite them on the other wall are their counterparts. We'll focus in on four of the rib timbers. This area was fractured during the earthquake. We measured the casts that were left. Uh, and have the dimensions on it, but you can see where the softer material inside the cast eroded down, and with this we leave the boat.
0: So this is just uh, some great uh, drone footage. You can you can see this uh, video. It's actually uh, on uh, Discovered, with a D. Um, I mean, it ends in a D discovered like past tense, discovered, discovered Sinai.com. And, uh, and I think it's discovered media, I think is the YouTube page, uh, YouTube channel. You can, you can see this video and others, but they do actually do tours of this. This is in Eastern Turkey and it's, it's a fascinating site. So, you know, of course there are going to be skeptics to any of these things. Um, I think when you look at the the Red Sea crossing, the location of Mount Sinai, we're studying historical documents and things like that. Uh, it's it's a little more, it's a little easier to see that, it, at least in my mind's eye, the Red Sea crossing, Mount Sinai, that it, it's very clear. Um, this is very interesting to me for numerous reasons and I'll cover that in a second. Yeah, Not to say that it isn't without its skeptics because, in large part, I hate to say this because of the man that discovered it, the man that pushed it, Ron Wyatt. There's some bit of controversy around him because he is uh, not a, you know, a, a trained, educated archaeologist, which it's it's a shame. But, I mean, that's just the way it is. And he's an evangelical Christian or was an evangelical Christian. So, I, I think those two things, I think, work against some of these discoveries that you see. Uh, but are,
1: I mean, are they saying that because he's not... <clears throat> trained he doesn't know how to measure like apparently yeah he he can't tell if something's wood. so interestingly
0: about this site is that uh one of the guys that i mentioned andrew jones and uh ryan morrow of the doubting thomas research foundation are they're actually raising finances to do scans electronic scans and they've already completed some of this and it's fascinating because you can see structures underneath this particular uh location it, it's fascinating. So, my understanding is the length of the boat-shaped object is the length of the arc in cubits. The width is a little bit wider, but it is what would have happened if the boat sort of peeled up. out, yeah, when it, as it decayed and, and so on. Um, there, and like he, he pointed out some of the, you know, what he called rib timbers, and you could see some of the structural uh elements that appear to be make it appear to be man-made and and there is a grid work uh there when they they did some kind of I don't know if it was x-ray or radar something they scanned down in into the uh in there and and you can see some of that structure and you know probably what it looked like so very interesting uh it is actually on not on Mount Ararat but it's on like a, a mountain adjacent to Mount Ararat but here's what this is what the Bible actually says. The Bible says, But God remembered Noah and all the wild animal animals. So this is from Genesis chapter 8, and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent wind over the earth, and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed, and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the water had gone down, so th- this was a long time that this flood was going yeah. on. And on the seventeenth day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains, the mountains (plural) of Ararat. All right, so it it doesn't say the mountain of Ararat; it says the mountains of Ararat. It, it just generally, the in those mountains of Ararat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the. Mount Ararat, which is the the highest mountain in Turkey. It's just adjacent to that where they've discovered this and they showed, I think the aerial photograph in that video of, it was like a, just after world war two is a black and white image. They were apparently doing surveillance because they were looking for Soviet missile sites, like around 1950. And that's where they first, uh, saw this. And then they did an article on it in Time Magazine in 1960. So Ron Wyatt had seen that article; it inspired him. And then in the 1970s, he actually had gone over there himself, and he spent a great deal of time—I mean, maybe as much as a uh, decade—researching this site. Says to have pulled out some actual pieces of metal and stuff like that. um, Look, look, that look seem to be rivets, Um, and also nearby are these these anchor stones so now here, here's a picture that's ron wyatt on the left hand side uh, before he passed away in 1999 but they found these anchor tall stones guys. i guess I, i'm not sure I'm, I'm not sure how tall that anchor stone is but you can see it's larger than a human being but basically an anchor stone is something that's meant to keep a ship from you know capsizing it's it, they use them on ancient ships but usually they were you know, a lot smaller. Yeah. Than this, than that. Those are those are massive anchor stones. Now that they've found several of those anchor stones, and this one in particular, uh, interestingly has it has some. It looks like they the crusaders they think actually put those crosses on there. Um, but it's it's in a place called the Valley of the Eight. The oh. Valley of of the Eight, and of, of course, you know, eight people eight came people off. All all. Yeah. Yeah, you know, eight people came off the ark, and which is a, a symbol. Here's a good theological meaning for you, there, Mister Nick. Is uh, you know, eight is the number of the resurrection. Christ was raised on the eighth day that's as day. the first fruits. Yeah, that's why of, of our salvation.
1: Sunday is considered the eighth day of the week. Yeah, yeah. It's the new yep. new creation. Yeah, which so. is an interesting thing, but for the visual people out there. This is one of the greatest things you're ever going to learn about the Bible, is don't read the Bible like this. Like here's Genesis, here's Revelation, and it just goes like this. Yeah, you have to you have to view it like the here's Genesis going to the Old Testament. Here's Christ, and like they parallel yeah. with each other. There's a whole new creation. Yeah, I like that and yeah, everything right. like that. Yeah. The typology.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. There's definitely some typology there. You know, the that eight people were on the ark. I mean, it's like a re the rebirth, the renewal, uh, the resurrection of humanity, basically.
1: God, Peter said, it's one of the few typology things in the Bible where yeah. it actually says it's typology. Like Peter actually right. says this foreshadowed baptism.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so there's just some interesting things there. He may have even found Noah's grave. I mean, there, there's, again, wow. look up some of this stuff. It's fascinating. Um, there's, it seems like a, an ancient village there where possibly Noah lived for a time uh, with his family, uh, assuming the ark. this is the ark and it came to rest there. My whole point is just to show that if, if the fossils in the ground aren't that old, if they're not millions of years old, if the layers are sedimentary rock, which means they were put down by water, if there's huge gaps in the fossil record in between rock layers, it seems to lend to what I referred to in a previous video called catastrophic plate tectonics. So it's it's basically this idea of plate tectonics, which we learned about when we were kids in school. Except these plate tectonics, this are there it's through volcanism in the Earth, they're moving apart much faster. This is the mechanism that created and caused the flood. This, these glo- these tsunamis, these different, you know, over like it just said in Genesis, there a year and a half, you know.
1: That's the episode you did so, with the other Nick. Yes, with
0: <laughs> one of the episodes. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's a good guy. Oh, real good guy. The other Nick. Tall. Yeah, so we'll have to tell him that we refer to him as the other Nick on this show. Yeah, he is the other Nick. The other Nick. He was
1: Nick. Yeah, no, he's the other Nick. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh, but anyways, my point is that there's some interesting evidence for a Bible story and it very much coincides with the Bible story. And there's a tradition, uh, in in that area of it being the place where the Ark came to rest. Um, you find artifacts that seem to line up with an Ark coming to rest on top of Layers of sedimentary rock on the top of mountains that were probably formed during the flood. So the water didn't necessarily like cover the mountains so much as the water excuse me, the mountains were created by the same forces, the same geological forces that created the flood that caused the flood, these massive tsunamis that went on there. And that's why you find seashells on mountaintops. And why you find whale skeletons in the middle of the land for, for those kind of reasons, you know, why you find a shark skeleton with a T-Rex skeleton and so on. But anyways, uh, just some interesting evidence that uh, was, was at least discovered, or should we say popularized by Ron Wyatt. Uh, he also did, he went on to discover, he went on to discover Mount Sinai. Um, this was a lot more his own discovery. I think this the site of the location of the Red Sea crossing Mount Sinai um, after the Noah's Ark thing which the Turkish government has recognized as Noah's Ark and they've they've actually built a like a visitor center where you can go visit this ark that I'm showing you yeah right now. So in fact if you want to book a tour you can actually go to discoveredsinai.com and and book a tour. <laughs> They're taking tours uh, a couple of times a year um to all of the sites that I'm showing you uh interestingly but um but Ron Wyatt went on after his kind of discovery and after the Turkish government in the 80s it, they, they had a ceremony and everything they sacrificed a goat and they invited him as the guest of honor to to be there um at the at the you know sort of christening of this visitor visitor center for this Noah's Ark visitor center. It had to so, be awkward. yeah, yeah. so there, you, there's video of it of him of him uh, at this ceremony so um yeah. So, uh, so after that, he went on to get interested in Mount Sinai. And I think the way he tells the story, he was flying a plane down. He had a, hired a pilot and he was flying a plane down the, um, Eastern branch of the Red Sea, which is also known as the Gulf of Aqaba. And apparently he's, he's just asking the pilot, where could they have crossed? And that was where he found the, uh, Nueba beach yeah where uh, is is the only place that they could have crossed and there just happens to be a natural land bridge that goes over into Saudi Arabia he went over into Saudi Arabia with his adult son found what we now know as Mount Sinai Jabal al-Lawz and Jabal al- al-Makla and um they got arrested by the Saudi government after they found it and spent you know some days there researching the the site uh granted he's sort of an amateur um a lot of people have have jokingly called him like you know the indiana jones of the biblical world (laughs) yeah um and
1: he he uh he also but indiana jones did find the ark the the
0: argument well uh, i'm gonna um i'm gonna drop a bombshell on you here man before this episode is over as we discuss the discoveries of ron wyatt but uh one of his other discoveries is allegedly sodom and gomorrah so i'm going to show you another video about that again this one is a little older you can tell by the the bible by tells the sound the cities the were video in the plane of but jordan
3: but it was the best which is the area surrounding most the most compact sea. one i could find flavius josephus the first century jewish historian tells us there are still the remainders of that divine fire and the traces of the five cities are still to be seen Driving along the coastal highway of the Dead Sea in Israel, one can soon see peculiar formations that are of a lighter color than the surrounding terrain. These cities were consumed by intense flames, a supernatural heat that was directed by the hand of God. Today there is ash that is of lighter color than the surrounding mountains and terrain. Inspecting the formations closely, one can see structures containing man-made elements such as 90-degree angles, This stunning structure stands out as a singular formation with four sides, surrounded by a deep moat. We move in closer to inspect the unusual features evident on the side of the formation. These swirling designs were also seen in other ashen formations in the cities. This is evidence of extreme heat, up to 6,000 degrees Fahrenheit, where thermal ionization occurs. When the electrons repel and attract, forming these unusual, swirling designs. Strange anomalies can be seen here, such as these fragile layers of material which disintegrate when touched. The limestone buildings in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were totally transformed into ash by the consuming fire of the Lord. When God unleashes a consuming fire, it will turn stone into ashes. At the perimeter of this city, one can see this amazing sphinx still standing today. The sphinx stands alone, as a singular structure with a defined shape. This particular sphinx has an obvious demarcation between its base and the soil below it, another sign of a man-made structure placed on top of the soil. One can also find loose or powdery ash that is quite thick and has been deposited next to the formations. In the formations themselves, some material can be gently raked off the surface with the slightest touch. Looking down the city streets, one can notice man-made shapes which are not found in nature. We can see the remains of walls that extended outward at 90 degree angles from the main structure. Once again, further evidence of man-made construction. As we pan across the city, we can see in the distance an arched doorway that exhibits a symmetrical shape even to this day. The whole land is brimstone, salt and burning. It is not sown, nor does it bear, nor does any grass grow there. Ron Wyatt was the original discoverer of these cities in 1989, and he now describes the brimstone found here.
2: Okay, we're down at Sodom and Gomorrah still. Right in front of you, you see some unusual looking spots. Now, what we have found, and we'll move in a little closer here, is that inside each of these is sulfur. Uh, That is in most of them. But the ones that don't have sulfur have a very black center where they have... uh, been very hot but there are millions of these here so this shows so there's, there's sulfur pellets rained fire like just brimstone upon these in cities. that cities and if you look all over Bible that area dictionary yeah under brimstone you'll find that it is sulfur back over they still light proper. on fire today we
3: can see white ashen worship structures built atop an acropolis or high place Both a sphinx and ziggurat are seen here, side by side, much like what we see in Egypt at Giza, with the sphinx and the pyramids built in close proximity to each other. It is approximately 30 feet long and is quite impressive, both in its shape and size. Resting near it is the ziggurat, symmetrical in shape and also comprised of a special white material. (laughs) <laughs> on the outside of the ziggurat, we spotted a piece of brimstone fused into the side of the formation. Using a knife, it was opened. I don't know revealing what this is. Brimstone this is a, inside Kind of like you're left waiting on hold. The most impressive evidence was this cremated bone fragment that was left behind from some lost soul of Gamora. The bone marrow inside was cooked until it had turned white.
0: So, uh, anyways... That poor soul. Yeah. (laughs) So that's a little bit of an older video, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a very interesting location and, um, there's sulfur pellets basically, uh, in addition to some seemingly man-made structures, burnt structures. I, I thought that Sphinx and, and pyramid looking thing were, were fascinating. Yeah. And, uh, the sulfur, apparently still lights on fire today. Like I've seen, you know, videos of people actually lighting it. They've chemically tested it. It's very, very pure sulfur and uh, you know, just another evidence of a Bible story. So, you know, we have the one in Genesis chapter eight, but in Genesis chapter 19, we read that by the time Lot had reached Zor, that's when he and his uh, daughters, because his wife didn't make it out. Uh, they were fleeing, and that's where they ended up. Where Lot, and of course, the infamous story of him and his daughters. There, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus, he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities. And also the vegetation in the land. But, but Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. So you see that that burning sulfur, rain down burning sulfur. Um, this is the Bible's description of what happened there. And, you know, a lot of people, like, they think some of these stories are myth. They, you know, maybe think it wasn't meant to be literal whether it's the first six days of creation or the flood account or maybe it was a regional flood or or this this story here was just you know kind of a maybe a a myth about you know
1: did you know how a
0: story how a city was overthrown but just some some interesting discoveries go ahead there
1: nick did you know that is actually when we started to consider women um salty so when you hear somebody like, oh, no, you're just salty, <laughs> seriously, the origins go back to lots. Why? No way. Yeah.
0: That is wild, man. <laughs> I can't tell if you're you being serious or not. Yeah. Are you, are you being serious? Or are you joking?
1: Um, I don't know. why. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, now we're getting back. <laughs> oh <laughs> well,
0: anyways, no, uh, I'm joking. yeah. So if you, so Ron Wyatt has made these discoveries, uh, Interesting, very interesting. You know, in Sodom and Gomorrah's case, it wasn't just Sodom and Gomorrah, but there were several cities around what's now the Dead Sea that were overthrown, because it, it, the Bible actually mentions several cities that were overthrown by God. It wasn't just those two. Um, so apparently sulfur from heaven rained down and destroyed uh, cities. And there's interestingly, just like a bunch of sulfur pellets, like littering the area And, and they also have the Dead Sea, which is the saltiest, (laughs) Uh, you know, potentially a lot of salt from, uh, you know, and some kind of an anomaly, (laughs) some kind of miraculous anomaly that took place uh, about 4,000 years ago. This would have been about 4,000 years ago during the time of Abraham. And just to give you perspective, Jesus is about 2000 years removed from us. Uh, Abraham was 2000 years removed from Jesus. So the events of of sodom and gomorrah if you picture from us to jesus it's from jesus to them you know that's it's four thousand years to us but that's how long ago this was i mean it was some time ago
1: so what do you think about lot's wife though in all seriousness yeah um, when she turns into a pillar of salt do you think that that could mean that like not like necessarily like instantaneously you know she's a pillar of salt but basically kind of like what happened when you know all the ash you know Like how everything kind of turned in yeah
0: i don't know man i mean why it sounds like you got some kind of theory
1: well i'm just saying like maybe like somehow you know if her body fell right then and just kind of describing what would happen as she got covered yeah with everything I mean, I'm pulling this right out of my, behind like, you're, like, you're
0: just talking about the method about how she died. You mean, or like
1: how she became, did
0: she just, was she a standing pillar of salt or did she fall and break apart? Like, or
1: like, did she just, was she struck dead? Yeah. And then as her body. Oh, okay. There, okay. Just kind of how everything yeah. got salty. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was a slow yeah. process. Yeah.
0: Of- I don't know. That, that's I a good question. Think. It does say, doesn't it say a pillar of salt though? Yeah. It gives you the impression she was standing. standing. I mean, it, I'm just thinking the word pillar. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it could be. I uh, so, you know, the, and the point in me showing all these things is just to show that there's, you know, there's some interesting discoveries that you may not know of. And, uh, uh, Noah of.
1: You might not <laughs> in, know. In next
0: terminology. Not. So, you know, the Noah's Ark one, I think is particularly captivating, um, just because of the dimensions, because of some of the stuff that's, you know, surrounding it, makes it really look like a man-made structure. It's it's fascinating, especially when you package in a, a young Earth model, uh, understanding of the Earth, that it this world was probably covered in a global flood, and that's what it appears to be. It's fascinating that there's this boat shaped object, uh, a seemingly ancient boat shaped object on the top of uh, the mountains of Ararat. But um, I needed to cover Ron Wyatt in this series somewhere because he's just a figure that is sort of well known in the Christian community and responsible discoveries. Yeah, he's responsible for a lot of the ones that we're talking about here. And and so I just felt like it was important to bring him up. But my one thing I wanted to drop on you, Nick. Drop it. I'm going to drop it. This is probably the most controversial, uh, thing associated with Ron Wyatt. And, and again, you can research this for yourself. Uh, feel free to do that, but he claims to have Indiana jones before there was an Indiana Jones, the Ark of the Covenant. What do you think about that?
1: You serious? serious, Clark? I'm
0: I'm being serious, man. Serious as a heart attack. He claims to have found the Ark of the Covenant and you can actually watch his testimony online. You can watch him talk about this. The interesting thing about him to me is he doesn't strike me as a liar, as somebody who makes things up. Was he an amateur archeologist? Yes, hundred percent. A lot of times God uses, you know, people who, uh, Moses was, was, and was not a good speaker and God used him. To do, you know, things. A lot of times we're looking to the wise and the learned. I mean, this is a principle even in, in the New Testament. Paul says, you know, God chose the foolish things of the earth to shame the wise. You
1: know what I think happened to the Ark of the Covenant? What? For real?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. um.
0: Well, let me, I got to tell you some, this interesting piece of Ron Wyatt, man. It might, might uh, blow your mind, but go ahead.
1: Well, in the Catholic yeah. Old Testament, you know, the. Deuterocanonical books, yeah. or the Apocrypha, as some refer to it, there is a story of uh, Jeremiah. Yeah, well, Ron hiding.
0: Ron mentions Jeremiah. He believes that Ron uh, that Jeremiah hid the in the
1: mountain uh, Nebo, I believe. Okay, which a lot of Protestants don't know about this because it's. I'm, I'm stealing this joke, but a lot of Protestants don't know about it because it's hidden in the Catholic Old Testament, and a lot of Catholics don't know about this <laughs> because it's hidden in the Catholic Testament, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah. I actually believe, okay. I believe personally that the Ark was taken Yeah. to heaven.
0: Okay, and a lot of people believe that. I've, but, I've heard that before, um, certainly could be. So Ron's claim is that he found the Ark. Again, you can see all of his other discoveries. There's video of him at these locations. But in the timeline of events where he was l- looking at these other areas, when he was scuba diving in the Gulf of Aqaba looking for chariot parts, he got a severe sunburn, like you know, third degree burns or something like that. So he literally was like laid up, it was bad. And he ended up I think in Jerusalem, healing up for a few weeks before he could go back out and go back to work. And he was walking and he felt somebody take his he felt says the lord took his hand and his finger and pointed and said that's jeremiah's grotto i don't even know what a grotto is i'm just you do quoting a grotto, him. a grotto is what oh you're not a good catholic what is a grotto
1: <laughs> grotto's kind of like i wasn't a like good catholic. the cave it's kind of like <laughs> okay. the the cave like your neighbor down okay. the street has that's, a statue that's of Mary jeremiah's cave that's why didn't you
0: like just like say cave? Grotto. why can't people just say cave well sheesh
1: well, because I think, I don't know <laughs> if the grotto set for like, uh, I don't think it goes real deep. Okay. You know what I mean?
0: Okay. So he found Jeremiah's grotto, Jeremiah's cave. And this is what he says. So he, he actually got permits from Jerusalem. And this went on for a couple years. His son was helping him at one point. And a, as the story goes, like, it, you know, it was, eventually it was just him working there by himself, digging, digging, digging. And he hired a a short people, a midget (laughs) to climb into some of these areas. He broke into a room.
1: They don't like being called that. I know they like being called freaks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, this guy comes running out. He's terrified. He doesn't want to go in there. So Ron's like something's in there. So he goes in there. This is according to his testimony where he finds the Ark of the Covenant and Goliath's sword.
1: What didn't this guy find? Right, there's I know. Some question. Yeah, so
0: it's in. in it, it, there's a video How about of Jimmy him. Hoffa? Right, <laughs> Jimmy Hoffa. Right, Jimmy Hoffa. He found Jimmy Hoffa's bones in there with it. I, uh, but he is actually a video of him standing on the other side of this wall, and he said he says that he told the uh, is Isra- the Israeli government where it is. And if I remember correctly, when I heard him talking about it on one occasion online, you know, obviously this, it's a dated video. He says that he told them they sent six men dressed in high priestly garb to get the Ark and they all died and they called him to go recover the bodies. He also claims, and this is, this is the more spectacular piece of it that's kind of interesting, especially from a Christian perspective. He claims that he found a crucifixion site directly above the Ark where Christ was crucified and that there, when he went into the chamber, there was blood on the top of the ark, because apparently the Jews would only put blood on one side of the ark, waiting for the blood of Messiah to ratify the covenant Hmm. on the other side. He claims that Jeremiah's grotto, Jeremiah's cave was directly underneath none other than the crucifixion site of the Lord Jesus and that when Jesus died in that moment there there was an earthquake the earth cracked his blood dripped down on the other side of the on earth. to the ark of the covenant wow yeah that I, is I, neat <laughs> it's it's an interesting story right i mean it's like if nothing else it's like what do
1: you think about this yeah jeremiah said that his followers basically asked him like should we mark the cave yeah and he says no he says mm-hmm. that Dark is going to be hidden until the Holy Spirit comes in yeah. and overshadows, okay, the Ark again, like how it did originally. Yeah, and so the next time you hear that word for like to overshadow, is when Mary asks, "Well, how am I going to have a, a a child since I know no man?" And the angel says that the Holy Spirit will over shadow you
0: really Hmm.
1: read book of revelation chapter 11 okay into 12 when he says how he sees the ark yeah descend from heaven yeah okay all right yeah cool man you gotta look it up for yourself yeah
0: that sounds pretty sweet i like it's very interesting
1: interesting stuff
0: yeah so uh so those are the discoveries of Ron Wyatt. And, um, I think a couple of interesting things there with Noah's Ark and Sodom and Gomorrah, maybe you have heard that, you know, there's just no evidence for the Bible. And, um, that isn't true. There's lots of evidence. We've been covering some of it here and I'm going to continue to do that. Uh, look at a little bit more evidence for the Exodus as we continue, uh, the Israelites presence in Egypt, uh, And maybe a couple of other things too we'll see where we go but uh my my friend uh we always close in prayer i was going to ask you if you would mind uh doing that could you close us in a word of prayer yeah cool i appreciate it yeah pray for the peeps
1: pray for the peeps dear father we uh thank you for allowing us to have this conversation together uh we pray lord that everything that we do glorifies your name lord and The purpose of all of this, all of these podcasts, all of these discussions, all of these videos, is to lead people to you, Lord. Yes, Lord. And we just pray right now that you would send your uh, spirit upon all those listening and watching and touch all of their hearts and give us all the strength to follow you. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Well, hey, good episode, man. And great having you on with me today. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Very yeah. nice.
1: Thanks Nick for Nolfi. Me.
0: Check out, uh, when you get a chance, the Catholic OCD podcast, uh, soon to be released. But um, uh, stop back here too, because we're, we're continuing to unpack this and encourage you to get real because the Bible's real. The Bible's true. And man, it's calling out to you. It's calling out to our world and our community to be reconciled to God and to get to know him. But that's all we got for today. And we'll see you next time. Make sure you support Nick so he doesn't have to, uh, you know, beg for change on the street anymore with his paper
1: cup there. Yeah. Peace. I don't have to live in a grotto.